Good morning, Faith Church. Man, glad to have you here on our campus here this morning. Just one time, I don't know that we do this enough, or I don't know, but just a big shout out for Archie and our worship team. I mean, they just bring it every week we come in here. You know, I just want you guys to know, you know, the young guy that sang that last song, his name's Brody. And I just want you to know it's straight up. That's exactly how I sound in the shower every morning. Every morning we come in with that. But we want to thank you guys for coming here. If you don't know me, my name is Ronnie Pogue. And the one thing it's not today, it's not hammer time. I promise you, it is not hammer time. Hey, but we're glad to have you here. It's just an honor to be here and uh, be sharing on week four of the Art of War. You know, it's been such a great series. I remember when Pastor Steve started bringing it up uh, about the book, The Art of War, about its author. And he asked, you know, you guys familiar with Sun Tzu? I just kind of nodded my head like, like I really had a clue who Sun Tzu was. Uh, I really didn't know if Sun Tzu was uh, a dog or a car or maybe some kind of crazy sushi. I, I really didn't know what it was. But anyway, I went back, did a little bit of homework, done a little bit of research, found out that this book, The Art of War, and this author goes back five centuries B.C. Well, that's like, what, 2,500 years, you know, the, the, the world has been in a sense in a state of war. And the great thing about this series is that what we've been trying to do here is just familiarize, you know, on the strategies, on the influence, on the tactics that the enemy is going to be coming after us. That's about our goal. And we always want to come up and try to identify what we're up against and how to overcome. The great thing about here at Faith Church, what we want to do when we're up, you know, we'll try to bring a practical teaching that will hopefully lead you into some private disciplines in your life that's going to open up some doors to personal ministry just for you. So I hope you're ready. I love practical messages. We're going to dive in. Uh, we're going to try to figure out they're in a ba- we're in a battle, and the goal is to overcome. You know, Pastor Steve has just laid it out the last three weeks, you know, taking on uh, different elements of the enemy strategies coming out, the enemy within us, you know, the enemy that tries to get into our relationships. Today I'm going to be taking one on that uh, may be a little bit bigger than me, but I'm going to try to do it. You know, we're so thankful here when we see so much life change around here at Faith Church. People come in and they leave with a new aspect, a new perspective on life. But the one thing that doesn't go away are the battles and the struggles that we all face. Today I'm going to be taking on spiritual warfare. Everybody say that with me. Spiritual warfare. I know that it just kind of sounds kind of weird. It kind of spooks me out. Uh, But here's what I want you to know, that it's real, that it's real. And we need the knowledge of it. We need to know what we're up against, and we need strategies to take it on. You say, why? Well, Paul said it this way. The one thing I would love for you to leave here with is that Satan will not be able to outsmart us because today we want to become familiar with his evil schemes. So spiritual warfare is not really a water cooler topic that you're going to be coming in on Monday mornings and going over. You're probably not going to meet at a coffee house or a restaurant and have some coffee and just talk about spiritual warfare. You know, but if we start diving in and we start really thinking about how the enemy is going to come against us, you know, we start looking in the Word, digging into Scripture, here's what you're going to find. The Bible is very comfortable dealing with the topic of spiritual warfare. It's really a normal topic. Why? Because it's a reality of life. 
I mean, every morning that we get up, we cut on our television sets, we look at our news, man, we can see evil. We can see attacks. You know, there's just things happening that we just can't figure out. It's beyond human behavior. It's beyond human nature. But here's what we know. There's something behind it. And what I want you to know today, that it's real. That it's real. When we see the evil, when we see the violence, when we see the pain and destruction, we want to cry out for help. The one thing we want to do today is bring you some help. And here's what I believe today. I believe we can kind of dig in to the Word. We're going to take on this tough topic. I believe God's going to help us. I believe through the power of the Word, the power of the work. You know, in our world here, you know, we deal with a lot of people we talk with, we counsel with, and we figure out people are hurting here. There's a lot of people out there that are just struggling. You know, and it's more than just having a bad day. It's more than just things don't seem to be going my way. And the goal for today is bring some daily helps. Bring some really simple strategies that will help you on Monday, Tuesday. You know, and here's what I'm willing to bet. Now, if you know that Pastor and I probably had a little bit of a bet on the Cavaliers versus the Warriors. I know you all have all heard about the Cleveland Cavaliers, right? Like over and over, you know. So I'm on the state of the Warriors, so guess what? I didn't do so well. So I don't have much to bet, but here's what I'm willing to bet today. I bet there's some people sitting out here, and, man, you got some stuff going on in your life. you got things that seem to really come, that are coming after you. It doesn't seem like normal battles that you face. It seems like something you just can't really figure out. But here's what I know is true, that God has the power to let you walk out of here with a hope with a healing that you can overcome this enemy. It's not going to be easy, but I can promise you it'll be worth it. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, God, for this amazing time of coming into your presence, God, for being able to come in and worship you, spirit and truth, Lord. Father, I pray today for truth, the truth of your word, and, God, that the spirit would open up our minds, open up our hearts, so that we can understand what's really going on. Father, I ask it and believe it. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. So, hey, guys, for the next few minutes, I'm going to be talking about spiritual warfare. You know, Paul said he didn't want us to be defenseless. He didn't want us to be uh, just out there like an easy prey for the enemy. He wants us to know the devil's schemes. And there's something about it when you start talking about spiritual warfare. If you start digging in there, you usually end up around Ephesians 6. And, you know, Paul doesn't uh, come at this topic you know, in a real panic, with a real anxiety, he comes about it almost in a calm way. So Ephesians 6.10 says this, Finally, it's his last word of this church, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand. Everybody say stand. Stay right there for just a minute because let me just tell you, there's always going to be something that's coming after you. There's always going to be an enemy that's coming after you to knock you down. And we've got to figure out a way to stand. There's always something coming after your marriage. There's always some, uh, something coming after your kids, coming after your peace. And we've got to stand. We've got to be able to stand. And what are we standing against? Look how it goes. So that you can stand against the devil and his scheme. So let's just break that down for just a second. This word devil here. You know, most of you know it's kind of a 
It's kind of a scary word, you know. We think of whatever our mind thinks of the devil, but it's a real, it's a real person, you know. And he's identifying him as the devil. And you know that Greek word there for uh, the devil is diablos, and that means slanderer, accuser, liar. And that's how he's, that's who he is, and he's coming at us with schemes. That word schemes in the Greek uh, comes from the word methodia. It's where we get our English word methods. So we're looking at who he is. He's a liar. He's an accuser. And we look at what his purpose is, and it's to come after us with these schemes, with these tricks, with this deception. And everybody should know his target is squarely on your back. Look how he goes on in verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Now hang on right there for a minute. Because he may use flesh and blood. Because everybody knows, and let's be honest for a minute, there's some crazy people out there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's some crazies out there, some mean people, some mean-spirited people, hateful people. You know, I ran into a few of them. You know, one of the things Pastor uh, made me do when I, I lost this bet on the Cavaliers, he made me go with him to the parade. So I end up in Cleveland. I stand in line with one for, uh, 1.4 million people for four hours to watch these players come through and wave at me. And, 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 you know, people are going out of their minds. So we stood there and stood there. There were these three ladies that were there. They were all men. They got there early. They were on the front. They were just having a big time. It was all good until right at the end when they got word that the players were coming through. And, man, this tall, slim guy come up with a ponytail, and he was real slim. He thought he was just going to kind of slide right up there to the front of the line. It didn't go too well for him. This lady turned around and said, Hey, are you trying to skip line? Are you trying to get in front of me? She said, Son, I will slap you into next week. And he backed up and he tried one more time. She said, Excuse me, did, I, did you not hear me well? She said, I'm fixing to turn your head around. Well, you're going to be looking back instead of looking up during this parade. So there's some crazy people out there. We had a good time up there. They really enjoyed it. But it's more, more than just a few crazy people. Look how Paul keeps on going. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of, of evil in the heavenly realm. So Paul has told us kind of what we're up against, man. I mean, there's some dark things in this world. There's a lot of evil things that's going to come against us. And so he tells us, he instructs us how to handle this. Verse 13, therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and guess what? It's coming. It's coming. And after you have done everything, as you may be able to stand your ground, after you've done everything, stand. Everybody say stand. You know, the, the enemy's coming. So you can be on watch. And Paul's telling us, you know, no matter how bad it gets, no matter what comes after you, no matter when it feels like you want to get up, when everything hits the fan, you've got to be willing to stand. You've got to find some way to stay upright. You know, when you start into this uh, book of Ephesians and you start reading about the spirit world, it's pretty eye-opening because it's kind of a window into the spirit realm where he starts revealing all of these things like the heavenly forces and it's like, whoa, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of eerie. But it's truth. 
Because here's the thing, man. We're all spiritual beings with just some flesh wrapped around us. And so it just makes sense that there's going to be spiritual forces coming against us. You know, you feel and you sense that tension. You know that there's struggles that you're up against. I just want you to know, anything you learn today, the devil is real. You know, the Scripture tells us that he roams around like a lion. And he wants to devour, devour us. And you know, lions don't like to waste a lot of time on their prey. So what he's doing, he's roaming around, and he's looking for easy kills. That's his mission. That's his mission. He's looking for those that maybe have been hurt in a relationship, maybe been hurt in church, maybe struggling financially, maybe struggling with addictions. He's looking for easy kills. And what I want you to know, there's a thief, there's an enemy, there's a devil, and his mission is to destroy our very soul. So here's the one big thing, man, the decision we all got to make today. Do I really believe this? Do I really think that's real? And for some of you, man, you're feeling that. Some of you, you're not sure. I mean, you may be new to church, maybe your first time in a church, and that's okay. It's okay to doubt. But maybe you're feeling this pull. Maybe your life feels like it's got this tug on it. There's this undertow, and it's just trying to pull you away from everything you love, from everything that you know is right. Man, something feels out of order. It's more than just a bad day. It's more than just you got up this morning and you didn't have any coffee. It's more than you run out of milk. It's warfare in the spiritual realm. And you can't really describe it. You can't really figure it out. I love what C.S. Lewis says. Here's his quote about spiritual warfare. The problem is most people either overestimate or they either underestimate spiritual warfare, where everything is the devil or nothing is the devil. So, man, you know if you've been in church for a while, you know, and, and you know where those a few of those people, man, were just like everything is the devil, right? You know, you come out, man, and you see that person, they've locked their keys in the car, locked it, man, devil has done took over my car. You know, they come out of the bank, they're pretty ticked off, they look at it, their bank statement's not right, man, the devil's done got all up in this bank. Or your kid brings home a C from school, and you think, man, the devil done took over the school. Devil's everything. Devil, devil, devil. Or the flip side of that coin, we don't even believe in him at all. You know, that's just the way I am. You know, I just got a string of bad luck going on. That's just human nature, and that's just sometimes the way things go. But, man, if you get honest and you look around, something's going on. Something's behind this. I mean, I love what he says, C.S. Lewis at the very end of this. He said, it's funny how the devil likes when we overbelieve or we underbelieve and we just don't Bible-believe. Think about that. devil's real. devil's coming after you. You've got to have a defense mechanism. You've got to have it. You've got to have some armor. You know, I'm not a demonologist. I don't think there's a devil behind every bush, but I'm probably going to look. But you know, the thing about me, man, I'm 57 years old, 57. And I've lived a little bit. You know, somebody said, what's great about getting old? Nothing. 
absolutely nothing. There's a couple things I like about getting a little bit older. You know, when you get a little bit older, you, you can just say some stuff. Kind of get away with it, you know what I'm saying? You know, you're talking about, you know, when you get older, you're talking about multitasking. That means, man, if you sneeze or you cough, anything can happen. That's all I'm saying, anything can happen. You say some stuff. You know, I walked in the guy uh, today, and I walked in and said, man, if I was you, I wouldn't have wore them pink pants. I said, well, this is a good thing. Let me tell you two things. Number one, you're not me. And number two, you really can't rock or wear these pink pants. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You know, if I even, uh, if I even knew how to get on social media, that would be me. I'd be hashtag 57 strong. That's what I'm talking about. Man, you just got to live a little bit. Whether you're young or you're old, man, you got to learn from life. You got to learn through your mistakes. When you live as long as I've been blessed to live, man, you figure out a few things. Do a lot of mistakes. You know, most of you might be here. Some of you may be here. I don't know. But, you know, you fail to pull. Sometimes, man, you just feel like life's overwhelming. You feel like you may be going under. Feel like the enemy has your number. This battle you're in, man, you don't feel like you're gaining any ground. You don't think there's any way to win. You got to find a place, man, to stand. You got to find a place. You know, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Here's what you got to find, man. There's somebody out there that believes in you. And if you're really going through it, there's somebody out there. You may not know who they are. They believe in you. They want to pour something into your life. You know, I was 30 years old. I'd lost everything. My life was a wreck. And I was shoving about $1,000 worth of dope in my body every week. I was down to about 130 pounds. I was bad. I had one person, one person in my corner. You know, she's down here with me today. She saw something nobody else could see. Nobody else could see. So she got me to, uh, to go into a church one day. One invitation. Maybe a threat. <laughs> but I got in there, man, I heard this message, you know, about a guy that would love you no matter what. A guy that bled and died for forgiveness, for grace. And all he needed was one simple yes. He had the power to change everything. Everything, man. So if there's somebody here today, man, all that describes you, any of it describes you, somebody's in your corner. Somebody believes in you. All you got to do is one yes. So I said yes to Jesus, man. I felt like this weight had been lifted off of my life, you know. And so I went and talked to the pastor the very next week. And, you know, I said, you know, I don't know anything about church. I don't know anything about the Bible. I don't even know where to start. He said, I'll tell you where you need to start. First thing you need to do is read John. First thing, John. Get into John. First thing you need to do, get in John. So me, being as brilliant as I am, I looked in my Bible and I found First John. I thought, well, this is pretty cool. It's only like three or four chapters here. I got this. But it started a journey. And just a few scriptures figured out where I had been and where God wanted me to go. 1 John 3 says this right here. So when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. Man, that described me. 
I knew the devil had just came in and consumed everything about me. I belonged to him. And then I read that next sentence. But then, but the Son of God came to what? Destroy the works of the devil. And here comes the hope. Because those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning. Why? Because we're children, we're children of God. Here's what I found out, man. That just sounds so simple. It was something I could understand because for me, where I was at, where I had been, all the destruction, it had to be simple. But what I found out, he was bigger than any attack. He was bigger than any destruction I made. He was big enough to put a life back together. Somebody ought to clap right now. He's big enough to take over somebody's in your family. He's bigger. He's bigger than any attack, any scheme. But to win at warfare, man, we kind of got to dissect this guy named Jesus. We've got to kind of take a look at what he really went through. You know, one of the most familiar stories in the Scripture about a duel in the desert is in Matthew chapter 4. That's where we'll, we'll just start there, Matthew chapter 4, and we'll just read it. So Jesus was led in the Spirit, by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Makes sense? So the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, if, you know, the, the enemy, the devil, is going to come after you with an if. I mean, he wants to put some kind of doubt into your mind, into your heart. If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And look how Jesus answered. He didn't answer with an if. He answers with an it, a certainty, a truth. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You'd think that'd be enough. It was just the start. The enemy comes back and he says, so. Then the devil took him to the holy place, had him stand on the highest point of the temple, and says again, if, if. You're truly the Son of God. Throw yourself down. And he uses something here that he may try to use against us. He uses Scripture here out of context. Out of context. If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command the angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus was just too smart for that because he, he took on Scripture with truth in Scripture. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord, your God, to the test. You know, the enemy's going to come at you probably by provision. Probably by provision. Is God going to take care of you, man? You're hungry. You know, if you're the son of God, can you follow yourself? He's going to come at you about protection. Will God really protect you when it looks like there's no way out? And then he goes on with this. And then the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus takes it all. And with one simple command, he sends him off. 
Jesus said to him, away from me, away from me. What would happen when we're under attack, when things are coming at us, we don't know. What if we just said, away, away from me? And what if we began to worship the Lord your God and serve him only? We're going to be the spiritual attack. You've got to start going after God. Away from me. A simple command, a call to worship. You know, here's what we can know. The enemy, the tempter, came after Jesus himself. How much quicker and stronger would he come after us? He's coming. And he's probably going to try to hit you just like he went after Jesus. He's going to probably hit you from two different angles. One angle he's going to come at you with is going to be called temptation. Temptation. I hope you get these. I hope these will be some helps that you can take and you can use. Because here's what the enemy is going to do to tempt you. He's going to show us the bait, but he's going to hide the hook. He's always going to make something look better than it is. He's always going to show you a prize without the cost. Or he may come at you like this. He may try to downplay, uh, downplay sin as no big deal. No big deal. You know, sin, I mean, everybody's everybody got some sin in their life, right? Everybody's got some sin in their life. You know, I'm not really greedy. You know, I just, I just need a lot of stuff. I'm not greedy, though. And, I, you know, I don't gossip. You know, I don't, I don't tell everything I, I hear. I'm just overly concerned. I'm just real concerned about what's going on. Hmm. Or how about this? You know, I, I don't really drink too much. I really don't. I, I mean, no, no way I'm an alcoholic. I mean, I'm just, I'm just super social. I'm super social. You know, one of the things that the enemy would tell me was when I would, would drink, and start partying, he would just tell, man, everybody wants to see you. Everybody wants to see, man, nobody wants to see you when you're drunk. Are you kidding me? You're talking about messing everything up. The enemy will just get in your ear. And here's another thing he'll do. He'll make a life of compromise look like a better life. You know, he'll just say, well, you know, how you go to church on Sundays, you know, you're there every Sunday. Man, you may uh, put something in the offering. You may help out. You may serve once a month. But what's your life really like when you leave here? Man, do you let your guard down? Do I let my guard down? Am I undisciplined? Do I stop caring? Or, man, is it all day, every day? Another thing, last thing on this, would he make a godly life look impossible to live. <laughs> There's no way you can live up to that. Man, you're trying to go after Jesus. Jesus was perfect. You know, there's no way to live that way. Or he may come at you as the accuser. He may put it uh, uh, into your mind, start it out where we start to look at ourself more than our Savior. And we start looking, man, Look at all the things that I've done. Look at where I've been. Look at my past. Look at this. Look at me. Look at me. And we forget about the redemption of the cross. Or we might start thinking that we are just beyond God's help. 
Man, there's no way God can fix you. Man, everybody's tried to fix you. Man, you've been in and out of rehabs. You've been in and out of treatment centers. Man, you've you've been caught stealing. You've been caught lying. There's no way God's going to help you. A liar, a slanderer. Or he may come at you like this. We feel like we're living a punished life. Where things we've done, things we said, our actions, our words, you deserve the pain that you're going through. You know, everything that's gone wrong is going to go wrong to you. Because you feel like you're living a punished life. Or lastly, the enemy, the accuser will tell us, you can't really know God. You can't see God. You try to say that you feel God. But you can't really know God. Or can you? And then we start running around and and our life starts getting kind of messed up. And we feel like we're just bound up. Man, we feel like there's no way out. We feel isolated. We feel anxiety all the time. We just feel like we're locked up. Now, I don't know about you guys. I don't know if, uh, if you've ever been locked up. I mean, I've, I've been locked up. I had one other guy say he had been locked up, so there's two in the first service. But, man, if you've ever been locked up, it's a tough feeling. I mean, you're by yourself with nowhere to go, nowhere to turn. You feel paralyzed. feel like there's no way out. The enemy has got the key. Just hang on, man, because I want to finish this thing up. Finish this thing up so you can walk out of here with hope, with hope. First thing you got to do, though, man, you've got to make a decision. You've got to take a step. Wherever you are, you've got to take a step forward and not back. You know, you've got to make a decision in your heart that leads to your mind it will work through your body. I'm changing my life. Because the enemy's coming. He's coming. And I want you to know is you might as well, number one, expect it. You know, the great thing I love about being on staff here and, and having such a great leader is that the enemy is always attacking. You know, we see um, the last few years are just an amazing what God has done here at Faith Church. And we give him all the honor and all the glory. The enemy's on attack. He's trying to tear us down. He's trying to find just that one little crack he can squeeze through. And we expect that. We expect that. We try to handle it in a calm way. We don't look desperate. We don't feel desperate. We just know he's coming, and we're ready for him. You've got to expect it. He's coming at your life. He's coming at your marriage. He's coming at your family. He's coming at your kids. If you expect it, then number two... You can detect it. You know, you see things going on in your life, and they're not normal. They're not that day-to-day routine that you're in. You know, you're experiencing some victories. Things are going well. you got to know. He's coming. you got to expect it. you got to know how to detect it. And look at this. If you're in a season where things are going great, get ready. You've been in a season of really feeling close to God, seeing victories in your family, victories all around you, living for the Lord, get ready. Be on guard. Detect it. You can't just ease up 
when things are going well, it's a time to amp it up. It's a time to go harder, study more. Get in the Word. Look at the Word. And the last thing is that you reject it. You know, the greatest thing that Jesus told the enemy in Matthew 4, chapter 4, verse 11, away from me, away from me. You know, here's the thing, man. If we can keep our eyes on Jesus, he has all power and all authority. All power, all authority. The thing about it is the enemy has so many distractions, so many deceptions he comes at us with. We can just always go back to the basic. Look at the life of Christ. And, man, just go after him the best you can. Do your best. You know, I was just thinking about this morning. Tomorrow, we get to celebrate Independence Day. You know, and I'm sure all, you know, all through our, your genealogy, your family, there's probably somebody that had to make a stand for that freedom. It's never free. It comes at a cost. You know, I hope tomorrow that there's somebody, a friend or family member that you can honor because they're truly heroes in the fight. But there's only one hero in the faith. And he decided when the enemy came to take on the sin of this world that he'd stand. Jesus would stand and he would give the ultimate, his very life. The freedom that we can know comes from Jesus Christ. He did that for you and for me. And he gave this life, and that's always kind of been a question that I've struggled with. I mean, why would he do that? He's the son of God. Why would he do that? Especially, man, when, you get, when you're a rescue, a true rescue. And I know we all are, but I mean, when the darkness has overtook you, man, you just feel like a rescue. And he just adopts you in to the family. For me, it's just overwhelming. You know, Paul wrote to a, a young preacher called Timothy. He kind of explained it. I can't explain it. He explained it the best way I know how. He said it this way. Well, there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. That man is Christ Jesus. Why did he do it? He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone, everyone here today, everyone walking the streets of the shows, Gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. And this is the message that God gave to the world at just the right time. You know, man, I don't know where you are in your life. Life may be going great, and I hope and pray that it is. But, man, if you're here and it feels like something's just not right, there's some struggles, there's some battles I'm going through, I just wonder... If today might be the day the message from God came at just the right time.